This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. This episode is part of the second series. Chronologically, it falls somewhere before episode 35. The title of this episode is The Whole Truth. The Whole Truth. You can always tell when adults are worried. They whisper. My mom and dad were worried about something and whispering, thinking that I didn't notice. But kids are hard to fool. I soon found out what it was all about. Alex, do you know what court is? asked my mom. Oh yeah, that's where the judge wears a big funny wig and pounds his hammer and says, Odor in the court. I don't know why he does that, though. Does does court smell funny? Well, I'm not sure that's exactly how it goes, said my dad. I think it's order, not odor. He wants everyone to pay attention. So I think you get the chance to go to court and see what really happens, said my mom. They want you to go and tell about things you know, to help Mr. Klemyshevsky. <laughs> why would I want to help Mr. Klemyshevsky? I asked. He shouted at me for drawing on his sidewalk with chalk. We were only making roadways for our little cars, but he said we couldn't do that anymore, so our roadway came to an end at his sidewalk. That spoiled everything. Well, if we can help people, we do, said my dad, even if they don't deserve it. That's just the way life works. Or that's the way life should work, anyway. Maybe no one else helps Mr. Klemyshevsky, and that's why he's so strange. Maybe he could use a bit of help. Well, okay, I said, but it still didn't seem like a very good idea to me. So what do they want me to talk about? Remember that night about two months ago when we went to the McBride to see Ruth and her science fair projects? They want to talk about that night, about what you remember, said my dad. So we went to court. It was in a big building downtown, the courthouse. There are real live fish in a pond right there in the building, indoors. Megan has an aquarium with fish, but they're tiny. These are big orange fish, and you could see them swimming around. I've never seen big fish swimming around before. It was really cool. And then we went into the courtroom. Mr. Klemyshevsky was sitting up front wearing a necktie. I'd never seen him wear a necktie before. And there were a bunch of other people, too. Finally, the judge came in. He was wearing a dress, but no wig, and we all had to stand up. The judge sat down at the big desk. Then everyone else sat down, and people at the front took turns talking. I didn't really understand what it was all about. Finally, a man at the front said my name and that he would like to call me. My mom and dad had already warned me that I'd have to go up and sit on a big special chair up front. They pushed me forward. As I walked toward the front, I said to the man, It's okay. I'm right here. You don't have to call me. I don't have a phone anyway. I'm not quite sure why everyone laughed at that. It's true. I don't have a phone. Okay, Alexandra, said the man. He seemed very nice. Could you sit on this chair? Do you want your mother or father to be with you? I looked out over the court, past Mr. Klemyshevsky in his necktie, to where my mum and dad were sitting. They smiled, but I could see they were nervous, even though they weren't whispering. No, it's okay, I said. My mom and dad are just over there, I pointed. There's not much room in the chair, and the only way we could all sit together is if we sat on each other's laps, and I don't do that anymore now that I'm grown up. I'm six. People in the court seemed to laugh really easily at things that weren't even funny. Fine, then, said the man. Now, could you tell me what it means to tell the truth? Oh, that's easy, I said. That's when you say what's real, like not telling a lie. Have you ever told a lie? asked the man. I didn't really want to talk about that, but my mom said that I had to tell the truth. I looked over at my mom and dad. My dad smiled and nodded. Yes, I said. I told a lie once. Can you tell us about it? asked the man. 
He didn't seem mean. He just seemed curious. Well, Mrs. McPherson brought over a big plate of chocolate cookies one day. We each had one for supper, but there was a whole lot left on the plate when we were done. So when my mom and dad were cleaning up the kitchen, I gave one to Quark, and I ate the rest. When my mom asked what had happened to the cookies, I said that Quark had eaten them all. And who is Quark? asked the man. Oh, he's my brother, I said. Golden Retriever. So what happened? asked the man. Well, my mom shouted at Quark. It wasn't fair to Quark. He'd just eaten the one cookie that I'd given him. But then my mom figured out it was really me who had eaten all the cookies. Did your mother shout at you? asked the man. No, she was very quiet. She said she wasn't mad, but she was very sad about me telling a lie. She said she couldn't trust me if I told lies, and she hoped it would never happen again, and that made me feel very sad too. Well, okay, maybe my mum was a bit mad when I barfed the cookies all over the rug. I think it was too much chocolate all at once. So what did you learn from all that? asked the man. Um, I learned that telling lies makes things really hard. Like for Quark, who got shouted at, even though it wasn't his fault. And if people tell lies, it's confusing for everybody, because nobody really knows who to trust anymore. So it's a lot easier and, and better to tell the truth. And I told Quark I was sorry. So you always tell the truth now? asked the man. Yes, I said. So do you swear to tell the truth today? asked the man. Oh, no, I said. I'm not allowed to swear. But I know all the words. A boy in Ponderosa told them all to me. Uh, but I won't see his name if that's okay. People in the court laughed again. They laughed at just about everything I said, but, but it really wasn't funny. The man smiled. Okay, so do you promise to tell the truth today? Yes, I said. Of course. I always tell the truth now. All right, said the man. Do you remember the night of February 27th when you went to the McBride Museum with your parents? Oh, I don't know what day it was, I said. It was to see Ruth's science fair thing, but it was really boring and people made speeches and it wasn't nearly as much fun as a Bringy Museum. There's no mammoth at the McBride place. And then what happened? Well, then we went home, I said. Tell me what happened from the time you left the McBride to the time you got home, said the man. Think back. Okay, I said, as I closed my eyes to remember. We put on our coats and we went out the door. We went across the street to where the old train is. Uh, there were lights on the old train at Christmas time, but not that night. Then we went through the parking lot to find our car. I saw Mr. Klemyshevsky's car and then... Oh, wait, said the man. You saw Mr. Klemyshevsky's car? How did you know it was his car? Because of the license plate, I said. I recognized his license plate and it was his car. The man said to the judge... The parking lot by the old steam locomotive is on the other side of Front Street from the McBride Museum. It's a block away from the 98 Hotel, where the accused testified he spent the evening. Then the man turned to me. Do you know a lot about license plates? Mm, I know a little bit, I said. But Mr. McPherson knows way more than I do. You should ask him. He has a whole garage full of license plates, nailed on the wall. He collects them. He has some really old ones, and he runs a website that tells all about them. Uh, but just Yukon ones, and he tells me all about them when he's in his garage. So I'm going to show you some license plates, said the man, and I want you to tell me what you can about them, okay? Mm, this sounded like a test. I really wasn't ready for that. I got a bit nervous, but I said, mm, okay. The man took a plate out of an envelope and held it up for me to see. Read what it says on it and tell me all about it, he said. Okay, it's Yukon, and it says... A-C-S-9-6. Mr. McPherson calls that an A-plate because it starts with A. That means it's from somebody's car, uh, not a big truck. 
And because it's an A plate, it belongs to somebody who's been in Yukon for a long time, because the first plates started with A. Good, said the man. He turned to the judge. For the record, this is an early issue passenger plate. Then he turned back to me and held up another plate. What about this one? It's Yukon, and it says DAF93. That's a D plate, and it might be from a bus, or, or maybe a fire engine, or the big sucker truck that comes to suck out the sewer pipes. I think all city trucks have D plates. The city people who came to fix our playground all had D plates on their trucks. Oh, you're doing fine, the man said to me. To the judge, he said, For the record, this plate is a municipal vehicle plate from the city of Whitehorse. He held up another plate. And this one? That's CZA82. That's from um, uh, a company vehicle, like a truck or something. Not somebody's car. It's a C plate, but it's also CZ, so that means it's fairly new. The man looked at the judge. Commercial plate, he said. Recent issue. Commercial! Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, I said. Commercial, not company. I never understood why they say commercial. Like It's not like a TV commercial. When the people in the courtroom stopped laughing, the man looked at me again. Okay, so you said you saw Mr. Klemyshevsky's car in the parking lot near the old train across from the McBride Museum. You said you recognized his license plate. Do you know license plates from other people on your street? He looked down at some papers. On Walnut Crescent? Well, yes, I said. Could you please tell us about them? He asked. Well, Lily's plate starts with A-N-N, which is crazy because her name isn't even Anne. But she has a bunch of Anne of Green Gables books that she's going to lend me someday. That's how I remember. And Mrs. McPherson's license plate starts with B-A-T. My dad says that Mrs. McPherson is an old bat. Well, that's crazy too because I don't even think she plays baseball. I looked over at my dad. His eyes were closed and he looked like he was having a headache. I looked over at Mr. Klemyshevsky. He was looking straight at me, uh, not smiling, but not frowning either. So, said the man, tell us about when you saw Mr. Klemyshevsky's license plate that night. How did you know it was his? Well, it's not very nice, I said. Do I have to? Yes, said the man. You said you were going to tell us the truth. Well, I said, the plate I saw, Mr. Klemyshevsky's plate, was H-A-M, and then his house number. But how did you know it was his, asked the man. How do you remember it? Well, I see his car when he drives into his garage and the house number matches. And it was his blue Toyota. But why do you remember the H-A-M part, asked the man. I looked around. My dad had his eyes open again and was smiling. I guess his headache must have cleared up. Well, well H-A-M spells ham, I explained. And Lily says that Mr. Klimaszewski is a real pig. When everyone stopped laughing, the man told the judge, License plate H-A-M, and then he said the house number, is registered to Casimir Klemyshevsky. And then he gave Mr. Klemyshevsky's address on Walnut Crescent. Then he asked if someone else had any questions, but nobody did, so he said I could go. I went back to sit with my mom and dad, and after a few minutes, we went out to look at the fish again. Then we headed home. In the car, I asked what that was all about. Somebody out on the road to Marsh Lake had said that Mr. Klimaszewski had been there in his car doing bad things, but at the same time I had seen his car downtown. So now nobody could really say for certain where he had been right then. I had helped make something called reasonable doubt. So a week later we had a big chocolate cake for supper. It had lots of icing. My mum let me cut it. That was kind of messy. Mr. Klimaszewski brought it over, explained my mum. Wait, I shouted. From Mr. Klimaszewski? Maybe it's poison. 
No, I don't think so, said my mum. It's from Superstore. I think it's his way of saying thank you for talking in court, for telling the truth. So I ate a lot, but not enough to make me sick. And Quark got some, too. I really don't like Mr. Klemyshevsky. I feel a bit sorry for him, though. I think everybody does. But I am a little bit glad that I was able to help him. And that's the truth. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.